It is April 6th, 2022. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Did that make a noise? I had to work hard at that. Yeah. Since it was Is that your pappy? Did you open up the pappy? No. Nah, Just for the podcast. A... It's a special return podcast for Kevin. He's opening up some pappy. No, it's Weller. Is that Weller Sprite you're mixing it with? Weller and Coke. And codeine. <laughs> well, like, no, I, I mix with Pepto. Pepto-Bismol. Gross. Well, I just scissor. go straight for Pepto in my... Just in my shot, my scotch glass. Yeah. Anyway, I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts, Mr. Kevin Bradley at the top, and then Dan James down How you below. Maybe <laughs> you talking with your uh, New Orleans accent now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm disappointed. You ate a ton of uh, oysters, but how many did you eat crawfish while you were down there? Um. No, we only went to one plate. I was gonna go get some of the Viet Cage. Like the problem is, you gotta do crawfish with a group and do like a big seafood boil kind of deal. In my experience, and so I really wanted to go to the Big Easy seafood place, the like Viet Cajun seafood house. But I'm not gonna order six pounds of seafood for one person. So that six pounds equates to like Pussy. maybe a quarter. <laughs> maybe equates to like a quarter pound of actual tails so like, yeah that's true anyway thank you guys for tuning in on uh an off weird night scheduling has been uh rear like difficulties have been rearing their ugly heads as of late um if you guys are watching us on youtube thank you make sure that you hit the like subscribe notification <laughs> bell icon um let let them send you a message whenever we go live and then uh, you'll even if we go live on a Wednesday, you'll know about it. Um, but if you guys are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and or a review. We will read it live on the show. We have not gotten one in the past couple of weeks, so we shall we shan't not read that. So. <laughs> Haven't we read one in like the past two years? <laughs> Damn it, Dan! <laughs> I feel like we need to give away a scarf. Yeah, we for do. for Apple Podcast reviews. Do we have any more left? I think yep, I have like more. three in my office. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll just... Didn't say what kind of scarf, though. It's just a scarf. Just a regular <laughs> scarf. It has nothing it's to like do a, with anything. It's just like... We sent somebody an ascot. Like a right. friend yeah. from huh? Scooby-Doo ascot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that'll work. I think that'll work. Thank you, guys. Uh, we got Richard Gordon in the trap. We got Elliot Beaven, Carl Seggy, and Dirty Bird Person. Oh. How are you guys feeling right now? Let's we'll talk about the game in a minute, but just another injury blow this week tonight. Courtesy of Dylan Castanera. Tonight? What got announced tonight? Dylan Castanera ruptured his Achilles in training today. Yep. I did not hear that. Yep. So Well, we we had to complete the uh so the forward Taylor's ICL in Joseph Martinez, midfielder. Wait, Torres did Joseph ACL. tear his ACL? No, no, no. Like back when. Oh. And then Simon tore his ACL, Alonzo tore his ACL, and then a goalkeeper, Justin Garces, tore his ACL. Yeah. Not so, Justin Garces. It was Dylan Castanero. I mean, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just waiting for someone on the back line to do it, and then we'll, we'll get bingo. As long as it's not Gutman or Miles. Or George <laughs> Campbell. Or, or, or Alan Franco, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> That's kind of messed up. He did have an appalling performance through a lot of that game on Saturday. It's yes. hard to watch Alan Franco's uh, performance on Saturday. I think Campbell got himself into some trouble here and there too. Yeah, but 
Yeah. I, I don't think anyone's had a, a, a performance week over week as consistent or at the caliber that Gutman's put in every week this season so far. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. He's been the best person on our back line, but having Brooks Lennon back there again, right? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I, they're, I, they're gelling pretty well, those two. Um, but what do we do? Like, anyway, I guess we can get into it. So we, like you said, Ozzy Alonzo torn ACL, just, it looked so bad, just full speed collision, um, taking him out kind of knew like the second he was kind of calling for people. I think he kind of figured something serious was going on. Uh, he's not the type I don't think to really make a meal or something. Um, yeah. Dylan Castanera, Joseph is still being reevaluated, right? I thought we were going to hear something on Thursday. So I okay. it's tomorrow. Yeah. That's, that's what Brittany says too. Yeah. yeah. That's what Brittany has said too. Oh, good job, Brittany. Yeah. She got it before me. And who am I missing? Who am I missing? Who else is hurt? <clears throat> um, oh, uh, so... Hoseto, two to four weeks, which is likely a four week oh. injury. So, yep. But we should be any day from getting Aruju back, right? Yep. I would think so. Yep. But let's not and rush I want to say Heinemann too. Yeah, because Hyman's at least been practicing, so you would at least expect to see him in the 18 at some point. Yeah, you would hope so. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Eric Eric Ferreira in the trap saying, are we stretching? I don't know that we are stretching. <laughs> Good grief, man. Yeah, it's um, the injuries are uh, Stephen Perales, all the injuries, getting injured, coming back from injuries, injuries. Yeah, it's just, that's all it is. Um, I will say... I had the thought today that if there was a time that Ozzy Alonso was going to go out, now's probably a good time. Not good time, but you know what I mean? Like now's better with Sosa getting back into the lineup and Ibarra getting back into the lineup that we have coverage. And same with Joseto, right? Because like Sosa can step in, play where Joseto was playing, and then Ibarra can step in and play where uh, Ozzy Alonso was playing. I didn't mean like it's ever a good time for him to go yeah. injured, but if I heard you say that you were happy he was out, so it made room for Sosa. <laughs> no, and we'll talk that's about what that. You, that's what I heard. We'll talk yeah. about that in a minute whenever Both we talk lines. about Charlotte and how disrespectful Jessica Charman is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's talking by going about... on Kelly with friends before yeah. coming on here. Is that what? Oh you mean? yes, that is quite disrespectful. <laughs> the, well, the, at least we've got some SGs that'll you know be able to police that. Yeah. Oh, a name I haven't seen in forever in the trap. Chris Fillingham saying it's sports shit happens. That is yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. correct. But again, uh, Ibarra looks solid. Uh, dude looks like he's put on about ten pounds of muscle. Am I crazy? He looks big. Um, and then Sosa was looking good too. So to me, I think that we're okay. Uh, it sucks to lose Ozzy Alonso. It sucks to lose his leadership on the field, uh, his pragmatism, and just like, I don't know, his his hard nose uh, style of play, I guess. But um, I think being able to slot those guys back in is, is pretty useful. Yeah, that's what I'm most upset about is – you know, we were looking at him as the Jeff replacement. And now that veteran leadership in that critical location of the field is now gone. And you just hope that Sosa can um, fulfill that role as young as he is. But would you uh, rather we'll, see we'll Sosa see. or Ibarra in that position? Um, I see Sosa as more of a balancer in the midfield. Um, I don't know. I know. I think that's what I was seeing from Alonso, and I want Ibarra to go around and just break people's legs. Yeah, he's he's Carmona, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just an enforcer. I don't know. How are you feeling about like? Is, is there anything, Kevin, that worries you more than more than the other with with the injuries that that we've seen? Um, you blaming Joseph, the turf? I think Joseph right now, maybe. Um... Of the group, I think that that one's probably the most concerning just because I don't think that there is a backup strategy for um, his position. And while Atlanta's continuing to find ways to score without needing to utilize him, he's certainly a key part in the offense. So I'm hoping that there's nothing severe that comes out of that. But to your point, I mean, with with Ozzy going out, what sucks is that it's going to be a season-long injury, right? So um, 
you you hope that you've got enough depth there that God forbid something happens to one of the others, whether it's Sosa, Barra, or Heinemann or whoever, that you have somebody kind of there to to fill in the gaps. So um you've got pieces there to build around. So with his injury, Josetu's injury, stuff like that, I think that there's enough players either coming back or soon to come back that you can kind of weather the storm. The big question mark for me that would be concerning would be Joseph and how long that is, is anyone's guess right now. And certainly with him having a lingering injury, coming back on recovery and how long it took him to get to whatever percentage you want to say that he's at right now. I don't think anyone would argue that it's 2018 Joseph for hundred percent still. Um, there's certainly the possibility that he's hindered in some way or more susceptible to hindrance because of all of that. Yeah. I, I'm not very confident on Joseph ever like getting back to where he was. Um, I think that this, I don't think the, I, I think Darren Eels went on 99 the game and, and stated something along the lines of <clears throat> it's not like it was something that they had discussed him doing a few weeks ago, um, not something that had been impacted as a direct impact from the game he just played or anything like that. So I think and he's played well if he's had that sort of injury th- over the last few games. So um I think, I mean, I want him on the field, obviously. I want him to get better, but I don't think we'll ever see the 2018 no. days again. No. So, um, Do we know, got... is Open Cup back on this season? Um, I think so. I don't know. I was just going to say, like, we brought in yeah, Cisneros to provide a little bit of depth, um, and he showed up at the training ground the other day, so I think he might be in the 18 heading up to Charlotte on the weekend. Well, that would be good. Um, yeah. yeah, Kevin, to your point, uh, USCC or US Open Cup is um, it's going on right now. It's in the second round right now. So, oh, okay. So it is. I don't, yeah, I don't know when we get inserted. Is it fourth round? Something like Something that. Something like that. Whenever MLS gets inserted, yeah, it's a bunch of teams that don't even have actual crests on Google. So the only reason why I bring it up is is kind of in line with um, Brent Crawford's point, which was I was looking forward to not playing Sosa. Um, to death this year and you know mls season especially whenever you factor in open cup and this random america amfam insurance cup that the team is putting on uh for this random match you know the season's just international breaks world cup uh i guess that's kind of after the season this year right because if playoffs are in october but um it's just a long season and it's going to take a lot of wear and tear on these guys. And um, we're only whatever it is now, six games into it. So um, there's still a long ways to go. Well, we've got the next year. Don't we have the leagues cup next year? So we've kind of got to get ready for that. That's going to be another. uh, Can you imagine if we make it to champions league and we've got that as well, it's going to be just an enormous amount of games consistently through the year. (laughs) So uh, surely they'll have to do something with uh, squad caps or something like that. Yeah. Like increasing yeah. it from 30 or yeah, maybe bringing in some extra TAM deals or whatever. So it's a lot. It's an awful lot. Yeah. But- I wonder as we get further away from the pandemic, if MLS, obviously not this year, they're not going to change financials this year, but if, you know, teams become more, I don't know, stable with revenue and all that. Like if it's going to start, if you're going to start seeing more uh, loosening of the purse strings, so to speak from, from the headquarters in, in, um, in New York and hopefully start to see some of those restrictions um, opened up because yeah, I don't know what teams are supposed to do whenever you're in what four competitions at one time, potentially. Yeah, I mean, to Eddie Beaven's point, just play the kids. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like U.S. Open Cup, we should really just field um, Atlanta United too for the first round. I mean, we'll play Charleston Battery. It'll be what it is. Like Atlanta United two already plays Charleston Battery during the regular season, right? Just another game <laughs> against them. Yeah, just uh, just let it be. So yeah, I don't know. I don't care so much about. I'd rather 
worry about CCL and obviously MLS regular season as opposed to anything else, but I don't know. U.S. Open Cup just doesn't have – I know we've been reigning champions for three years, but it just doesn't have that that illustrious feel to me. I don't know. No, I agree. That's um, stuff. All right, so you guys want to talk about Saturday? Talk about the game? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, what positives do you have from the game, Kevin? Give me just a second. I'm having an issue with my AirPod. Go to Dan first. No. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dan, Dan, positives from this, this past Saturday? Uh, improving defending set pieces. Uh, they had 10 corners, and we didn't let them score at all. And we had a couple of counters off them, so I, I feel like we're getting a little bit better there. I feel like we weathered the DC press pretty well. I was really surprised to see that we had uh, the majority of possession uh, even when we were penned in our own half for the, what was it, the first half of the second half. <laughs> um, and then really some real promising play from Almada and linking up with um, with Brooks Lennon on the right-hand side of the field. There was some great, you know, I think it was the 77th minute where he uh, – received the ball for he did like a one two with Sosa on the edge of their 18 and then received the ball um kind of awkwardly because it bounced off of a DC player but managed to keep it on his foot um and then pass it off to Jackson Conway who I'm not sure if he just kicked the dirt or he just completely mishit the ball and um left up a golden chance and then there was another I think a few minutes before that he ended up pulling three DC defenders toward him and he was able to just slot the ball past to, I think it went to Lennon. Um, it didn't, it eventually didn't come to anything, but it was really promising to see. And he's, I mean, I know Matt Doyle compares him to Barco 2.0, but he's a lot more direct and ha- seems to have a lot more vision than Barco does. And I think that to Brent Crawford's point, his his motor and getting back on defense, I think impressed me a lot too. Because he, he almost looks like he gets a chip on his shoulder whenever he gets the ball, dis, whenever he gets dispossessed, and he's like, "I got to get that chip back." Yeah, he's he's chasing the guy down. You know, you talk about him linking up with Brooks Lennon, but I saw the same thing. Uh, he was floating a decent amount, I guess, because mm-hmm. I saw the yeah, same thing with him and Gutman, and that to me is. Um, Given the, I guess, the attacking ability and the speed of our wingbacks or fullbacks, I guess, if you want to call them, um, they're basically wingbacks, right? Um, giving him, like getting him comfortable in link up play with those two, I think is is really important because he, like to your point, he's going to be a magnet or a vacuum for for defenders, especially if Joseph Martinez isn't in the game, like with, with Jackson Conway, he's going to pull guys um and he's he's definitely going to open things up. I his his touch looks incredible to me. Like I don't want to jump too much on it, but I did on Twitter. You know, I posted that he he's better than Barco was. Um, I think he has a better tool set. I don't think they're the same player at all in terms of the way that they play. Um, yeah, I think that Almada is yeah far more direct. Doesn't doesn't dribble aimlessly. Um, just he's trying to get involved constantly, and he he looks like he's having fun out there too. I feel like, or they, you know what I mean? Like he he looks very much focused while he's out there, which is which is nice to see. Yeah, for me, it was that first half. He he got a couple of opportunities right in front of goal, and where some more eager players or players that were maybe uh, a little more pressed or anxious to make a mark on the team would take a a one touch shot at goal or, or take a chance at a volley, he made a deliberate attempt to not only settle, but to get in a better position to make a more deliberate attack on goal, which I think speaks volumes about sort of not only his ability, but his awareness and field vision, whenever he's in a position to do something like that, um, rather than just getting that eager, oh, I've got a chance to make a crack at something. Let me make sure I'm taking the, the best chance I can at it. So, Yeah, I'm – I um very impressed. This is first full start or first start full full match for us that I I I am just very excited about what's to come with him. Um hopefully we can keep the pieces around him healthy <laughs> or keep him healthy obviously, but like giving him options to play into. So you bring up the Jackson Conway with is there any 
Like I'm trying to look for silver linings because Joseph <clears throat> doesn't seem to be in, in the best form. And like, is there any silver lining that Jackson Conway, Jackson Conway, at least to me seems to be at least getting in the right position. Like his positional awareness, I think is, is pretty great. I, I think that if he doesn't miss hit that it's, I mean, it's obviously in the back of the net. Like he's, he's wide open. I think he just, what did he jackknife it? Just hit the, hit the, hit the dirt before. I, he, he manual Castro did. I, I don't yeah. understand exactly. Like I haven't watched it back in slow-mo to figure it out, but it just like he either hit the ground or it bounced at the wrong time just before he anticipated he was going to hit it. But um, he, he, and he was so irritated about it as well. He, but he does seem a little bit more, uh, slightly more mature than I remember him. Um, I, I, I mean, if he can get time, playing i mean if he if we put him up and up top and start him and you know take him and he gets consistent minutes then that's going to really help his development no more playing with the twos but it's 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 how i guess it's a it's a careful balance of how i mean how do you transition from joseph martinez i guess like that's the that's the problem i'm trying to solve for and it's like well how much does joseph have left in him um and can Jackson ultimately be that guy because I mean or do you even need him to be do you does it does it do you in any good trying to force that versus you know getting Aruju, Moreno, Almada, all these guys on the field and with the amount of goals that the team's been able to score so far without Joseph being the one doing it you know, if you can get those guys on the field and you don't have a set striker per se that's dedicated in that position, but that they're all kind of sharing that responsibility, is that potentially an option um, rather than relying on Conway to fill that role? Who's if it if I had to decide between Conway or all of that firepower up top, I'm, I'm not regardless of his position. It's not it doesn't make any sense to me tactically if you're going to seat a more talented player just because they're not a striker. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. But I feel like we get all that on the field and yeah, Joseph or, or Conway. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you bring Araujo back in and you have Almada playing like he is, and what's, I think we have not really talked about Marcelino Moreno's performance on Saturday, which I thought was outstanding, but you have him playing the way that he's playing. You have Almada playing the way he's Don't playing. Don't ask Doug Robinson how he played. That's for sure. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> was that will on twitter that was hilarious so yeah it was it was pretty great um, pretty great yeah but like those guys draw so much focus that it's going to help an un um unestablished or or striker like jackson conway who doesn't have the reputation if i mean we're talking about hypotheticals here where joseph oh, doesn't yeah. play on saturday um but right or is it Sunday? I can't keep track of my fucking days. I think Weekend. it's Sunday this week. What? It is the tenth. It is Sunday. You're right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. Um. I personally like having a striker, and if not having two wings and a forward, that you know, what I mean, like having a yeah. hold up, like an actual target man. Um. Maybe not target man, but um, because we don't want. Adam John or Kenwin Jones playing, but no. at least having having a dedicated striker, I do like because I don't know that we're going to play two out and out wings outside of him. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I want to give the guy a chance. I miss Brian. Uh, I miss Brandon Vasquez so much. Yeah, the the fact that he's what is he? He's leading the Golden Boot race right now. Yeah, is he really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. He has, he has five goals. He got back-to-back braces, I believe. He did, and then he scored another one on Saturday, yeah. So part of me is, well, I guess he would have. Part of me was thinking, well, he probably wouldn't have got the experience with Atlanta United as he did in Cincinnati, but he would have been here during 2020, so he would have got all that experience. And it's That's only true. this, And it's only this year that he's really been coming, well, this five games that he's come into his own it seems like because i don't think he did much in cincinnati last year 
I don't think anybody did. Oh yeah, right. I, I forgot about Tom Dwyer too. I mean, he's certainly an option. Yeah, he comes back this week to Elliot Beaven's point. I completely forgot about him too. So he's probably the second option I would behind think so. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Ronaldo comes in because, um, I mean, you know, you know me, I'm all about the money. You know, it's Cisneros worth seven hundred thousand, Dom's worth five, and Conway's worth two hundred. So, do you do you play it like that? Do you start if Joseph doesn't start? Do you start Ronaldo or bring him off the bench? I do like I do whenever I play FIFA and I'm playing with a championship or League One team. I just put the young guy out there and just try and score goals with him. Right. Get get him get- time. Get those va- get that value up. Yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, it's tough, right? Because Charlotte's playing fairly well right now. Um, I didn't see. Yeah, they beat. No, they lost to to Philly. Sorry, they lost to Philly this weekend. So maybe they got brought brought back down to earth. Um, Are they still bottom of the table? No, um, no, that's into Miami. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Charlotte's ninth. Gotcha. So they're ahead of Cincy. They're ahead of New York City. They're ahead of New England. They're ahead of, ahead of Montreal. So um, I forgot about New York City having only won one game so far this yeah, season. I it's been all about that. Yeah, been tough times for them. Um, granted, Charlotte did it by like really fucking up relations with the Polish national team. Um, winning last weekend or that not this past weekend but the weekend before because they refused or they told the polish national team that uh carol swiderski was injured and then proceeded to play him wow yeah kept him back state side and he scored a brace and beat cincinnati so yeah that's kind of fucked up <laughs> that is really especially funny. in a world cup qualifying campaign right yep like for a player, if you're if you're Swiderski in that, obviously this is a Atlanta United podcast, but we're playing Charlotte this weekend, so I think this is a little bit on topic. If you're Swiderski and your team refuses to send you on international duty when you get called up during World Cup qualifying, like does that fuck with your head or like how do you feel about that situation? Was it his? Was he the one that said it? <laughs> It's like, I don't want to go over there right now. There's too much shit going on over there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Who who's he is he play for Austria? Poland. Oh, Poland. Yeah. Mm. I think he's had a decent run in the qualifying that they've had. I mean, he has six goals and fourteen caps for, for yeah. Poland, which for a national team It's pretty huge. That's pretty damn good goal scoring yeah. record. Yeah. Like yeah, if you go and look at any of the U.S. men's national team strikers, even like Landon Donovan or, or Clint Dempsey, like their goal scoring record's not that good. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's. I just thought that was kind of fucked up. <laughs> that was fucked up. I did not hear about that at all. Yeah, they even posted. I think the Polish national team posted the letter from the Charlotte. Uh, Had a doctor's note. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, nice. yeah, it was the trainers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what are you, you going to do? Yeah. To Carl's it's, point, he said there are FIFA rules on that. If they didn't well, release him and said it was an injury, then they should have been able to, or they should have been unable to play. But yeah. it's also up to the clubs as well. Like they can, if they choose to damage that relationship, then. Usually with friendlies, though, right? Like you see that shit happen with friendlies. You don't really see it happening with meaningful games. Oh, is it just friendlies? Okay. I don't know. I that's I've, I've like I've seen Liverpool hold guys out for for friendlies because they're in the middle of like a you know title push or something like that. Yeah, that's bizarre though because we're so early in the season. But I guess that's that's the way you want to run it. That's the way you want to run it. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. so. Anyway, yeah. um, Marcelino Moreno was my standout from Saturday. Obviously, winning scoring the game game winning goal in stoppage time, but. Just like the slowest dribbling header yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. 
I think it stopped at the top of the six and rolled in. Yeah. How how many matches has he won at the death now? That's at least two, if well, not three team matches is, for The us. team as a whole has gotten a result in three matches of the five so far this season in stoppage time, whether yeah, that's he, the draw or the two wins. Moreno, I think, has three on his record in like the so past he, two years. He had this one, he had Toronto, and he had um, – well, I guess Toronto he won two now, but he just – drove the dagger at the end and there's then, another um, match he at least drew if not one for us with like a header and stuff uh, well he year. beat montreal one nil in the death with a header and then did he do it to philly did he tie it up to with philly at one point? i don't know where are where are our stat heads in the uh yeah it was uh it, the, the guy is clutch that's that's one thing i'll say like, i love him man you want to talk about a direct player. That guy, he just takes the ball and goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's he's the anti-Barco. Like, I feel like he's 100% the anti-Barco. Well, he's a beautiful ball player as well. I mean, he'll dribble it around. He knows he's not as fast. He knows guys are going to catch him. So he's got that technical ability. And then the vision, I mean, just the amount of key passes that he's put together. I guess I could look that up and see. What and just chance is, creation but... in general by putting himself into positions that defenders have to foul him at the top of the box to set up a free kick or something like that. You know, those are the other things that he's not actively going down every time he gets touched, but certainly putting defenders into compromised positions where they have to make contact and he's going to go down and set the team up for a free kick. And he did that several times this past weekend. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. complain about it all you want as an opposing fan, but drawing fouls, legitimate fouls, it is, is a skill, and he is quite good at it. Like, he oh, yeah. is quite good at that. Um, yeah, he got knocked around a lot on Saturday. Because, I mean, it, he's the type of player, because of his speed and his pace, that it's deceptive for defenders. And I feel like he's also got the ball control and skill that if you aren't physical against him you're gonna get burned with his talent and he's gonna beat most people in a one-on-one unless they do something to sort of get in his way and stop that forward progress so he's been one of if not like the most important player on the attacking side the past few weeks for us i feel like yeah i mean in shot creating actions he's in the 90th percentile in the league so i mean he's he he's a guy we have to have on the field. You remember yeah. when people were talking about him being like uh, a sub? Like I feel like early on in the season, people were not sold on him being a starter. I th- yeah, I think there was some of that. I remember towards was it toward the beginning of last season, people were railing all over him, trying to you know how he's terrible and should be benched. Um, but I mean. That's the Gabriel Heinzer effect. But he's, I mean, he's really started to get a lot more comfortable. And it seems like he's hes getting some more consistency, both in the manager and squad, uh, and and kind of finding his his role within this team, which is, which is fantastic for us. So I'm excited to see more of it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you guys think Pineda gives in to a three back moving forward with how good we looked with three in the back? Uh, I think it's an option. I think that um, what's nice about playing the fullback that you can get Gutman and Lennon 
higher up the field. Uh, and then you can start with that and see how it goes. And then if you have to move to a, a, a three back, then you can do that uh, to shore things up a bit. Because Alan Franco to me looked dreadful until he had coverage in Miles Robinson. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't... I'm not willing to give up on Alan Franco yet. I know he didn't hasn't been rated um, very well in the past few games. And he, he's, he, he's making these really glaring errors that everyone is picking up on because they're horrible. They put us in a really bad position. Uh, but I think like throughout the life of the match, it's just because when a defender does, when a defender loses the ball or does something, you know, a little bit ridiculous, then it's like, well, there it is. But I think that as he goes through the match, he's done. I mean, he got a, he got a shot, a header on, well, it wasn't on frame, but it was pretty close. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Kevin, how do you feel about that that three back versus the the four in the back? Given like the small sample size we saw. I mean, we saw three in the back last season, right? Whenever whenever Pineda came in and he was trying to get a, a grip on the squad. Yeah, I mean with the at least with the two that you've got back there, with I'm assuming you've got Miles and um Campbell back there as those two, and then who's your third? Um, Bryce Washington, I think. Um, who <laughs> I Josh Bauer go? So Alex to John, I don't know if he's healthy right oh, now. Okay. Yeah, he's healthy. So we got Royals, Franco, Campbell to John, uh, Ephraim Morales, Bryce Washington, and Caleb Boyle are both on loan, but Caleb Boyle is a left back. Yeah. So there you go. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that Franco looks better in a three back than he does in four. I don't know how you feel about that, Kevin, but. I, I don't know. I've just not been sold on Franco at all this season, really. Um, th- th- he's not had a game or a consistent run of games that I feel like his performance has been what it was towards the end of last year. And we've all joked that it'll take him half a season to get warmed up. And he's certainly um, on pace to do so because the first five games have left a lot to be desired consistently week over week. So as far as, who we have back there to replace him in that system. And in either case, I don't know who that would be right now. Um, and well, it's got to be Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. In a um, two back. Yes, absolutely. So I, I don't know, man. Um, but speaking defensively and man of the match, I think I said it earlier. I think Gutman for me uh, from a defensive standpoint and just all around consistent performance week over week and, and this week, no exception. I, I really thought that he's that was the battle against DC in particular that I was um, most excited about was watching him against Atlanta United's former Jillian Gressel. And so that was a mm-hmm. fun battle to watch throughout the night. And I think that Gutman consistently was putting himself into a good position to either win the ball or in opportunities where he wasn't so great. I think there was one where there was a free kick in and he, uh, he had to take two chances on it to get the clearance, but he ends up making up for it. But I think overall he's consistently finding a way to get into position and make an impact at that left back position that we haven't had um, in a long time. So, Whoa, fighting words. I, I, look, man, I, I, I was huge on George Bello. Um, I I still think that I don't know. I don't. I'd be hard pressed to. I think that he may be. I'm just trying to think who all we've had. We've had Bello, um, Brexhay, Greg Garza, um, Mikey Ambrose, Garza and Ambrose. Yeah, I think that very very Chris small McCann. sample size. Chris McCann, McCann is very the, very he's the small benchmark. sample he's, size, but he's I, the high I water be, mark. I, I I think I'd be hard. I would five. Five games in, very small sample size, but right now he's he's on target to be potentially the best left back that Atlanta United's had. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, he's been our best player, I would argue. Yeah. I think there's a case for that. No, uh, I, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. So just going back to Alan Franco a little bit, he's uh <laughs> he compared to other center backs in the league. He's in the 96th percentile in assists, <laughs> 95th percentile in dribbles completed. Um, 
96 percentile into in interceptions 90th in pressures uh 81st in aerials one 79th in tackles so i mean against the rest of the league he's above average yeah, but those pressures, those like 90% pressures, you saw that this weekend when one completely failed and he got lucky that they didn't get a goal off of it. Oh, yeah. Where yeah, he yeah, pressed, oh, yeah. press, stabbed, and just completely Way over overcommitted yeah. to that <clears throat> that challenge. As a center back, to be that far out and to be caught out like that, that is, that's got to be corrected. I'm not making up excuses for his errors because errors are errors. But no, you you're you're, com- you're basically the MLS defensive player of the year voter. You're looking at attacking <laughs> statistics for a center back. Like that's it. No, but what I'm saying is I that's think That's like, oh, this grass-fed beef has more vitamin C than than corn-fed beef. It's like <laughs> well, that's not where you should be well, getting your vitamin C from. Like it's not Yeah, but I think there are other areas in which he makes up for apart from errors. I mean, Brad Guzan's due for an error every now and then. Yeah, and that's probably more uh, going to cause a bigger factor, uh, bigger, <laughs> right. bigger issues than than a center back having errors, but not much, right? Because you have a competent attacker that gets past Alan Franco when Alan Franco's 40 fucking yards up the field whiffing <laughs> on a tackle. Without anyone even close to his vicinity My to God. back him up. And then, like you said, Tim, it leads to a breakaway that leads to a shot on goal where Guzan has to make a great save. Um, mm-hmm. on the edge of gold to come up with it there. So it's um, completely unnecessary. Completely and, then, unnecessary. and then because of that, Alan Franco's making Guzan look good, and then Guzan keeps his job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still kidding. takes a pay cut. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Did he take a pay cut? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's awesome. He took a pay cut so they could have a little bit of cap relief to I say, like, pay we someone just, else. We talk about his performance and needing you know something more for the future, but it is... I think goalkeepers are such easy scapegoats and I have yeah. to remind myself of that sometimes whenever I'm criticizing Brad Guzan because they're, yeah. they're, they aren't always put in the best position. They're another no, player they're just like anybody else on the field and players have the other team has gone through 10 in front of them to get to him and there's no issues there. Right. So. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not ready to like, like to, I don't know which one of you said that, but I'm not ready to give up on Alan Franco, but because we've seen glimpses of it. Right. But Mm -hmm. to me, George Campbell, if we're playing two at the back, he and miles Robinson have been a much better pairing. I feel like. Oh, with Campbell and miles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't know what's going on with Franco. I mean, he's not, he's not the Franco we left a few months ago. Um, I still think he's a better option compared with a lot of defenders around the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I hope yeah. he sorts his shit out. Yeah, but I hope so too. It'll work out. I mean, the I don't know, man. I, I'm more, I'm less concerned about Franco and the defense. I mean, so we didn't talk about it. Um, did you guys? You guys recorded after the Montreal draw, right? We did. Yeah. So aside from that match, and I guess there was one other game. Defensively, I feel like Atlanta has been pretty much fine, even with Franco's shortcomings. It's not like it's a liability where every single game for the entire game, you're just holding on for dear life, hoping that somebody doesn't break through. I don't think that... Franco's missteps have been so bad that it's been a liability for this team. It's just whenever compared to Gutman, Robinson, and Campbell, it leaves a lot to be desired. And Lennon, not, right? And, and Lennon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to that caliber, right? So it's statistically, it's not, you know, if you're 90th percentile or whatever, you know, for all of those categories, that 10% whenever the other players are just slightly better than I would assume um, in those same categories, it's just more obvious, I think. And the one game, I forget who it was. It was before the Montreal game. Um, It was the two goal loss or three goal loss. Is that Houston? Colorado. Colorado. Colorado, We lost three, nothing. And that was the gaffes from Alan Franco. I feel like that game, 
yeah, aside, yeah. it's not been so bad. I mean, three nothing to Colorado is. Granted, Colorado is a pretty good team, but like, still yeah. losing three nothing is. That was pretty I, terrible. I don't. I don't think yeah, you can just sweep that aside. Card. I mean, late, right. late, he got that late in the game after they put their third goal in, though, right? And it was also right. it, it was just defensively all no, around the team wasn't great. So again, it's not. I think Franco is going to be fine. Like you said, Tim, I'm not going to give up on him right now. I think the bigger focus for me is just trying to pay attention. And I think the team's got bigger concerns about what's going to shake out with all these injuries and stuff like that, particularly what comes out of the Martinez report. Sounds like a movie. Martinez report. Yeah, but I mean, it's a big report, Kev. I mean, we need to understand. (laughs) Elliot Beaven saying Brenner wants to leave Cincy. That would take him at a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if you could get him on a TAM deal because he's not been successful there. I don't know. The injury bug, I don't know if you saw, but Dupuy tore his ACL as well. Yep. So you you even flirt with joining Atlanta United. I'll go to ACL. Um, It looks like I think Joe Patrick made the joke kind of tongue in cheek, but uh, about how we need to start using the the knees over toes guy, Ben Patrick, to uh, start training the Atlanta United squad. Yeah, it's um, it's rough. It's it's rough. I do something. Yeah, I don't know. How are you guys feeling going into uh, Charlotte this weekend? You guys obviously I think are um, (laughs) we had somebody. was it J J C? Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, buddy on Twitter asking if we're uh, we're coming through this weekend. I can't imagine you guys are going to Charlotte for the game. No, no. Can't oh, it. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday at one thirty. Leave it like I don't know seven in the morning. Get there on time. I mean, it's doable to do a day trip there for sure, but not no, not this, not this. The, the energy expenditure is kind of big. <clears throat> yeah, I don't have that in me anymore. No, that that Nashville day trip <clears throat> took it all out of me, man. I can't and you wait. and I drove. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah, but I drank. You guys got you guys got you to drove. Get, I drank. You guys yeah. got to drink in the dri- or the passenger seat in the back seat because Tennessee has driver only open container in the car laws. You're welcome. <laughs> Which is insane to me, but. Just pass the beer off to your passenger. Like that's that's so stupid. That's like New Orleans. You can have daiquiris in the car. It's not an open container unless there's. This is America, Tim. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Yeah, that's true. You left all those prudes, and you left the prudes in England to come here, and that's yeah, yeah. You didn't come here to get shut down, but you can't drink the daiquiris in the car in Louisiana, Kevin. You could go buy them in the drive-through. You can't. That's what I'm saying. It's only an open container if there's a straw in it. You tell me you can't take the top off of it and just put it back <laughs> on. And be like, I don't know, officer. I think they gave it to me half full. <laughs> I I spilled it. I spilled it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd feel like in uh, in Louisiana that a DUI is just like you know a speeding ticket. Yeah, only need a paper covering the straw in Louisiana. <laughs> new new uh, name in the trap. Yeah, Alex Saltiel. Oh, I was trying to put it up on the screen. You're trying to, you trying to show the same time I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because my parents are in, in uh, northwest Louisiana. And they, um, I remember seeing drive through liquor stores and drive through uh, daiquiris and all that and just being like, this is kind of crazy. But they don't have a drive through at their Sonic. The crazy thing. What's that? Let's take you samples at the drive through which is the crazy <laughs> thing. <laughs> I, uh, that was a great, um, day when I discovered there was one of those like coming to America things where I, I discovered drive through bottle shops. I was like, this oh, is yeah. a great idea. Yeah. Though actually, I think I saw them in Australia first, but that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So, Charlotte, um, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going up there right now. When I'm an empty nester, I'm going to, Go to one year. I'm going to go to every away game, away game. which That's is going to be call. fantastic. Like You're going to become idea. a flight attendant like Kevin Brown to... and just <laughs> no. get, your, get your strategy in for buddy passes. And I think he still holds the unofficial record for most away games, most Atlanta United away games attended. I'd be willing to bet. 
Yeah, because he went to every away game that 2017 season, I think. So jealous. So jealous. And he went to most of them for 2018, too, I believe. Yeah, I think he's got to hold some some unofficial record for most games attended, uh, at least most away games attended. Yeah, it's um, now he's going to George Bellows games in Germany. So there's that. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. I don't know oh. if he's permanently there, but he's been there for a while. His stories are, even if he's not there, everything that I read on Instagram is in German. So, yeah. Yeah. He and his wife have been there for, Zane. They've been there for at least a few weeks. And yeah. they're like, they look like natives there now. Like, yeah. so, or whatever. So, I don't know. That's, yeah. I don't know. It's, I miss him. I, I wish he would come back. Yeah. I miss yeah. everybody. I haven't, Dan. When was the last time I saw you, Dan? Man, I I don't know. Right now, I think I don't think I've seen you, Tim, since Hollis was born, and he's going to be four in July. (laughs) That that can't be right. You've no, because you've been to our house. I have been to your house. Yeah. So how long have you been in that house? uh, October of eighteen. Okay, so I think I've been. Tim, that's coming up on four years, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. You're I don't... literally six months away from that being four years. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Shit's getting old. Getting old. Yeah, Scout's coming back. I fucking that's hope it. not. <laughs> Oh, yeah, fantastic! Wow. Using his toe joints and just start fusing it all the way up the leg. That blows my mind. I'm gonna have to at this point. <clears throat> oh, How's I those hokas? Uh, damaged. So I'm gonna send them back. The hoka katanos. Yeah, I bought a pair of uh, hoka bondi sevens, and uh, what are those? They're like uh, really cushioned running shoes. Like orthopedic shoes? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. you so the, what? You got the Skechers scoops. <laughs> they do. So what? The Are they the, the rounded them. ones? Yeah. He's got Hold the Skecher, on. The Hold Skecher, on. The Skecher gonna, rocking horses. I'm going to unsarcastically <laughs> show you a picture of my shoes. Uh, have, you, have you watched uh, Kath and Kim on uh, Netflix? No. I don't know what that it's is. a fantastic Australian show and their boyfriend goes power walking every time and that's exactly how i'm imagining you Oof. what is that like a good three inch heel yeah <laughs> Oof. hey man hey tim man, i'm sorry but i mean you gotta do what you gotta do they're super comfortable go back to it <laughs> i want to see those other colorways oh hold up yes chief coach steve you have seen me more regular than I've seen Tim. That's kind of fucked up, Dan. Yeah. You want to see the other colors? I'll go up. Uh, no, up from the orange. What's those? Ooh. <sighs> oh, Tim, you need to get those. But they don't oh. come in extra wide. So I need extra <laughs> wide. <laughs> I Tim, get these, two colors. These sort of shoes seem like extra wide Speaking is just the extra standard wide. size. <laughs> okay. Speaking of extra whatever. wide, you guys know what time it is. <laughs> All right, so I had one more stat I was going to check. Now I'm not going to get it, but it was. Ah, who cares? All right, so I just looked up a few stats. Um, How do I get Dan to be the person on here? Click and drag the window. Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, Alani United allows 59 shots, has allowed 59 shots, which is about 17th in the league. So we're kind of average on there. Charlotte has allowed 86, making them the second most. So um, we could get a whole bunch of shots on them. Um, we get 15 shots on target, which has put us again 17th in the league. Uh, and these are all opponent stats against uh, Atlanta and then Charlotte, respectively. Charlotte get 31 on target, second in the league. That's why they have to have an amazing goalkeeper like Kellner. Um, and then Percentage of shots allowed on target for Atlanta puts us at 18th. 
with 30 and Charlotte has 36 and that puts them in eighth. Um, obviously we can earn our yellow cards very well. We, um, we are in fact, the opponents, when people earn, when teams earn yellow cards against us, we're at actually second in the league. So there are 19, um, yellow cards that have been that we have earned against others that seems pretty high but that's what i was looking at i might need to check that out again um so i'm imagining we'll at least get a whole bunch of shots from outside the area maybe a few free kick um challenges a few kick opportunities rather uh against charlotte though i'm kind of concerned about charlotte is going to be really up for this game. They just lost against Philadelphia 2-0. They've had a taste of success at home. And how are they going to respond against Atlanta United? Because to um, someone else's... What what is happening? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin's just trying to break your concentration. Keep going, Dan. Um, We had... Oh man, who said it on the? I totally lost it. Anyway, so just trying to set the tone, man. I'm worried that I'm not worried. I'm kind of confident that Charlotte are just not going to have the um, the mental toughness and are going to be really up for this game. So I could see them having a lot of um, like panic situations, and as uh, that was who. It was it wasn't Carl. It was, um, oh, maybe it was Carl. So we seemed a lot calmer against DC than we usually have, and I feel like that we can bring that mental toughness with us to Charlotte and potentially outpace them because there's a lot of pressure. I feel like on Charlotte, they they need to get another win at home. They're pissed in the way that we beat them here in Atlanta, and this is something. I mean, they want to beat Atlanta United because we're Atlanta United. And we're awesome. But I feel like that is that mental game is going to be a big part of this. Um, it could be chippy, and Atlanta needs to find ways to go around that uh, and just make take advantage of the mistakes that they eventually, I think, that will make. So, um, man, a prediction. I think I'm going to go with 2-0 Atlanta. Uh, I'm very hopeful. I think that we can take advantage of their mistakes even potentially without Joseph Martinez, I'm putting a lot of faith in Almada and Moreno and Sosa Navarra, who I imagine will feature um, starting. So I would like to build on our success in DC and um, see where the team goes from here. All right, now I'm going to hear whatever shit you can do. Kevin that just puts this The damn That's actually pretty good. <laughs> You've got some pretty good outro music. So, Dan, you're, you're saying it's a rivalry now. No, I'm saying they want it. I'm saying they want it, but we're just going to kind of pass around them and beat them. It's interesting. They've played uh, the first three games. They played a 5-4-1. So, um, oh, no. The first two games they played a 5-4-1, and then against us, they played more of a 4-1-4-1. So, they still stack the midfield, but they want to play. But their only wins have come when they've played two up top against New England, where they won 3-1 and they beat Cincinnati 2-0, I believe. Um, and then they lost again against Philadelphia when they reverted back to that 5-4-1. So I could imagine, you know, Philadelphia have given us fits with two strikers up top in the past. I wonder if they will do the same. Because surely... Um, they want to look at changing something up here. Who is their second striker? Um, obviously, they have Carol Swiderski, who's been the one scoring goals for them. Um, is it uh, shit? Who was it? Yeah, I don't even know. They didn't. They definitely, like you said, they played a four-one-four-one against us, but Ortiz. Hmm. Because they picked up somebody. Didn't they pick up somebody from Nashville? Too on their bench. Yeah, uh, yeah, Daniel Rios. Yeah, Daniel Rios. Um, yeah, I don't know. They don't. I like that. 
I like what you were saying, Dan, or like it, it makes sense that they're going to be charged and amp ready for this game. And they're maybe going to be prone for some mistakes, like over committing. And um, especially against, you know, in front of a ruckus, probably now what, probably 15,000 um, <laughs> in, in the crowd. No uh, wonder Jessica Chalman didn't want to come on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's too busy praising, praising the heavens that, um, She's too busy that having Oz, a successful career in sports. That Ozzy she's, she's just true. she's over there with her voodoo dolls, just poking holes in 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 our starting players. And why do you think that Alonzo got hurt? Oh, voodoo dolls, right? Yeah, yeah. The dark. Thanks, arc, Will. Exactly. Thanks for starting that, Will. Wait, what? So some uh, score predictions from around the trap. Uh, 2-2 draw from Brittany S. Chiefs coach Steve. Uh, 2-0. Elliot Beaven 1-1. Ingest 100-1-1. John Joyave. Joyave? Joyave. Whatever. 2-1 down early, another 90-plus. Joyave. It's got to be Joyave, right? Can it be Hoyave? Hoyave, yeah. I think we go with the five five. Sorry, John. What? I'm so dumb. I think we go with the five five zero Madrid special. I guess saying we don't Real play Madrid a striker played, like oh, Dan, played, like Dan was five defenders, about. five midfielders. Yeah. No, five defenders, five attackers. Oh, no sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Carl Seggy three one. Dirty bird person nil nil. I'll say one nil Atlanta. I like I like Dan's score prediction. I go with the two nil. Dos a zero. I think Almada and and Marcelino Moreno both score a goal. I think Adam Franco scores a goal. <laughs> God, I love a good butt rock riff. <laughs> Here comes the Danlo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's charging his shot. This is like whenever we started, whenever we were doing banter podcasts, and we found out that there was a built-in soundboard on whatever we were recording on. Tim, what were we recording on back then? Skype. I just remember you got a Google review that said, "Please, no more sound effects." <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. In we're just one hundred, laughter and stuff like that. So in just one hundred says, "Who should our striker be?" Um, so uh. we're thinking if Joseph is out. Who are you going to start? Are you going to start Dom or are you going to start um, Conway? Because surely I think you got to start Ronaldo. Dom. I think you have to start Dom. Right, and then who are you going to bring in? Jackson Conway. Jackson Conway. You're not going to get maybe Ronaldo Cisneros to, Yeah, you bring Cisneros out maybe uh, if we're if we're in the lead. If we got a comfortable lead towards the end of the game. Time wasting. Oh, comfortable lead. Yeah, but if we're losing. No, you don't bring him in. <laughs> you tell Dom to just run it out. <laughs> yeah, until he gets sent off. Yeah. I am be. really interested because we, I mean, we know nothing about Cisneros. We know nothing about him at all. So I'm really interested to see what he can do. No, I yeah. agree completely. All right. Anything else for tonight, guys? Uh, No. Alrighty. Well, hopefully it's a win for the good guys in either case, no matter what the score is. So um, in the meantime, if you guys want to hang out with us after the show, where can the folks find you guys? Dan? You can find me at DNJMS on Twitter, though I'm not really on there much anymore. Or you can uh, find me on Peloton or to the power of Dan. And I've got to give some shout outs because now my followers are in the four figures. Can you believe that? So Cojito, doesn't give up. Key Hunter, leg of the third, and zero. Sandwich. All Russian. We can all, all Russian bots. All the, <laughs> Wait, um, four figures? Four you figures, have... yep. Yep, zero, zero, one, four. Oh, I don't think you understand what four <laughs> figures means, Dan. You might want to talk to your boss about your salary. <laughs> I don't think you're making six figures. <laughs> Yep. Uh. <laughs> to get on the fitness. 
Uh, Tim, where can they find you? I don't know. You can find me on email. I don't. <laughs> what's your email? What's your social? Um, what's your what's the street that you grew up on? You can find me on Gab and Truth Social, um, and on 4chan at um, To the Power of Dan. <laughs> no, you can find me at, on Instagram. I guess I have like archive content. I haven't posted on there in forever. Uh, at Tim Herb. Um, yeah. Oh, do you want to took World Cup draw? Oh yeah, guess we probably should. America, Netherlands. <laughs> What's so your group of death? Uh, I don't know. Um, are you following Netherlands, Kevin? That's your team. That's who I normally follow in um, international, like not in the tournaments. Not I don't really follow them so much in qualifying and stuff like that. But international play normally for international tournaments, I'll follow Netherlands along with the U.S. So, gotcha. Just wanted to make sure you knew that U.S. were playing yeah. in the World Cup. I feel good about uh, I feel good about that group. Um, I just don't. I, I really hope Wales doesn't end up being the team to qualify for the fourth spot. Because I think I fear them more than the other two. You fear them more than Ukraine? Yeah. Man, I I am thinking Ukraine gets through that. They must have got to have so much oh, yeah. motivation behind them right now to... I mean, I'll be surprised if they're not the team that gets through. You think so? The way that Gareth Bale's playing? The yeah, well, I mean, when your country's being invaded and you're trying to look for all sort of bits of hope, then yes, if you are one of those players who can bring hope to your country, to people who are getting murdered and mass executions and graves being uncovered, then yeah, you're going to put absolutely everything you can inhumanly possible put on there. I think they have more motivation than anybody. I mean, sure, surely they get in and they become the darlings of the tournament. Oh, yeah. If they're in, they certainly will be. Yeah. A Denver person, I don't think Ukraine's going to be distracted at all. I feel like this just focuses them even more. Yeah, I don't know. So, What's hey, your group of death, Tim? The Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, Japan. Yeah. yeah. That that group is pretty fucking stacked. <laughs> Costa Rica is probably the worst team in that, that group of four. It's, it's not as bad as it was during the last World Cup where it had was it Spain, Germany, and Portugal all in one yeah, group? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Spain aren't necessarily who they used to be. No, unfortunately. But yeah. I don't know. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the bell icon to get a notification each and every time we go live uh, so you can join us in the trap, hang out with the good folks. Thank you to all of you who continue to make this so much fun. If you want to talk to us, on Twitter, you can find us collectively at Home Before Dark. That's before spell B and the number four. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Fuck Putin. <laughs>